The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check... We are about a fifth of the way through the NBA season, folks, and it's time to take a look at a very underrated category in the awards race, Coach of the Year. I break down the favorites, then stayaways, then the dark horses in this very competitive category. Hint, one coach to me is separating himself from the pack, and he's still a great value, in my opinion, for a futures bet on Coach of the Year. I recorded this on a recent episode of the BetMGM Tonight, could not wait to share it with you guys. It's coaching time, people. So, Nick, do me a favor and drop that beat. So we're about a fifth of the way through the season, Peach. I think it's time for us to go to a category we have not hit. It is finally time to take a look at who we like for the NBA Coach of the Year. There's only one name that comes to mind. I'm going to give you a bunch of names, and then I'm going to give you my favorite name. But, Pige, you know me so well. You kind of know where I'm going, kind of know what I'm thinking. Here's the odds. We got Will Hardy, plus 500 from the Utah Jazz. We got Joe Mazzula, plus 700 for the Boston Celtics. J.B. Bickerstaff, plus 800 for the Cavs. Chauncey Billups, plus 800 for the Blazers. Taylor Jenkins, plus 900 for the Memphis Grizzlies. Budenholzer, plus 950 for the Bucks. Willie Green, plus 1600 for the Suns. Willie Green for the Pelicans, plus 1600. Monty Williams, plus 1800 for the Suns. Greg Popovich, plus 2500 for the Spurs. Nick Nurse, plus 3030 to 1 for the Toronto Raptors. Tons of surprises, I think, in this year for lots of teams which makes the category pretty interesting, I think. Makes it very fun because rest assured, Peach, there's going to be a lot of change by the end of the season. we got the trade deadline. We've got teams who end up starting to sink down the rankings and then they decide they're not going to win any games anymore. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to look at the top five in this list and give you my thoughts on how I think it's going to play out. Let's go with Will Hardy first, plus 500, leader in the clubhouse. Okay. 34 years old. Widely seen as one of the best young minds in the NBA. Widely seen from those inside of the Boston Celtics organization as a critical component of why they did so well last year to the point where he was actually second in terms of they hiring him for the head coaching job under before Ime Udoka got the offer. Wow. He, was, he got the, almost got the Celtics job, like I said, when he was 33. But he decided to stick on the bench, help Ime Udoka resurrect a very chaotic season make this title run, then skedaddled to Utah to reunite with Danny Ainge. Everybody thought that was probably a bad decision. They gave him a five-year deal, thought he was going to be rebuilding right away, going to be a bad, bad team. And, you know, Utah blew up the ship, as we know. Donovan Mitchell had to go. Rudy Gobert had to go. They traded Royce as well. 
for a ton of draft picks and a bunch of young players, none of who you really felt were that, that good. Some were fun, some were athletic, but like it's a lineup of Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olynyk, Boston Celtics former legend, yes. uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and Lowry Markkinen. Nobody thought like they would even win 30 games. Let's be honest. Their win total was 24 and a half. And they've got, what, how many wins already? They're almost there now. Lots, 10, I think. They've 10, got, I believe, yeah, 10, and 10, 10 and 6. Lots of people thought Hardy made a big mistake taking this job. Mark Stein dropped this profile of him, noting that a bunch of insiders thought that he screwed himself by taking the Utah job because of the Ime Udoka situation was going to blow up and he probably was going to be the man that they wanted to take over once the scandal went public. But since Hardy got his start in San Antonio, he coached under Pop for six years, they thought some, somehow, some way that when Popovich retired that maybe he could be the head coach of the Spurs. And here we are. What a month goes by and how that changes perceptions because under Hardy, the Jazz have not only shocked the league, they were the first team in the league to 10 wins. The way that it's been going, everybody's singing his praises. They're beating good teams when they lose, like they did recently to the Sixers in Philly. Joel Embiid had to drop casual 60 points, 59 points. Mm -hmm. There's upside. No one expected anything from him. If they finish 500, there's going to be a lot of support for him to win Coach of the Year. I like the starting lineup, but here's the downside. Danny Ainge is going to be trading some pieces away. This is just going to, right? We've got Jordan Clarkson who wants out. Mike Conley right there. Kelly Olenek right there. There's just three, four guys who you could see very clearly going to another team. Mm -hmm. I could see another scenario where this team is at or above 500, and then they still sell at the deadline, meaning that coach of the year candidacy kind of sinks right away. He is in a great position, but long-term, don't love it. Plus 700 for Joe Mazzula, Boston Celtics head coach. So here's the dichotomy of this coach of the year candidate. One, the team already went to the finals. They went to the finals last year. They've got mm-hmm. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. He's been on this team. He's been on the bench. He was a part of it. All he has to do is just continue to keep the structure the same, make sure the culture is good, and just they've already had success. But to that I say, no Time Lord, no Danilo Gallinari institutional chaos, a scandal, never, no hood head coaching experience, and yet the best record in the NBA. That is coach of the year material. What he's done has been incredible. What's bad about Missoula, there's a ton of pressure in Boston to repeat the success that Udoka had in his first year, right? Boston's averaging the most made three-pointers in the NBA to date. That shooting, probably not sustainable. Probably some regression coming for that. Horford's taking a step back, meaning they probably are needing to rely even more on outside shooting. They've got injury concerns with guys like Malcolm Brogdon. Overall, decent value at this number. J.B. Bickerstaff, third favorite. People really high on the Cavs this year. The Cavs, they've started fast. But let's be honest, I'm not high. I'm not sold on the Cavs. If the Cavaliers come around playoff time, it's because they're going to have to get Rudy, Rudy, Ricky Rubio back at some point. They were obviously really good with him. But I think this number plummets. Like, I don't think J.B. Bickerstaff is going to be able to lead this team to a place of surprise. Like, we're not surprised anymore. Right. And now they're starting to fall. And now they're starting to regress back to what we know that they are. So I don't like that pick. Taylor Jenkins plus 900 is interesting because it's the whole 
delayed award scenario like Monty Williams last year mm-hmm. because Thibodeau messed it up. Thibodeau got it the year that Monty should have, right. and then Monty had to get it the next year, and that was the year that Taylor Jenkins should have won it. So maybe he wins it this year because they know that they owe it to him. There's value there. The Grizz have had kind of a disappointing start to the season, but that's because I think of the injuries to Jaw, the injuries to Desmond Bain the injuries to Jaron Jackson, and the fact that the Grizzlies are above 500 at this point, that's pretty much a miracle, considering that their one, two, three scorers have all missed so much time, and I watched them without those three, and it's abysmal. That's a reason, that's kind of a reason to like Jenkins this year, and he's due, like I said, he's due. The downside, injuries, more of them. If anything happens to Jaw, if anything happens more to Bain, this team plummets, absolutely plummets. Tons of ifs on Jenkins. Here's my favorite pick, though, Peach. Chauncey Billups. Billups. Plus 800. This is a value play, and it's the value play, and it's not even close. You talk about weathering a storm in a good boat like my man Joe Mazzula has. How about weathering a storm with the boat filled with holes and water inside the boat where you were tanking and had the number seven pick, and now all of a sudden you're number one in the West? How about that? Weathering that storm. How about going from 30th in defensive rating, the worst, to 6th defensive rating with a one-player different? That's pretty insane. They were dead last, like I said, 116.9 defensive rating. Third worst in NBA history. And here they are. To paraphrase Brad Beal last year, they couldn't even guard a parked car. Sixth best defensive rating in all of basketball now. Just a fraction out of fifth place. They had the 27th ranked offense last year. This year, they're scoring 110 points per game. That's a net gain of nearly 10 points per game. Mm. If you have a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense, that's pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. They're currently the best team in the West. So much of this has to do with what Chauncey Billets is instilling for defensive identity. He's got them playing with one another, shading for one another, picking up where the other one misses. Real team defense. Front office giving him the pieces that he needs for him to succeed. This team is young. They're very athletic. They're filled with guys with 40-inch verticals and positive wingspans, and that's where the value is. Jump on it now. Jump on it now. It's the only number is going to go down. Barring disaster, I think this team could maybe make it to the Western Conference semifinals or finals. Long shot, long shot before we go. Long shot. Mike Brown. 30 to 1. I know you're tired of hearing about the Kings. I know. You're nowhere as sick of it as you're going to be because this team is going to continue to win, Peach. And if the, kid, tonight. if the Kings finish in the top four, top six by some miracle, there is going to be so much support for Mike Brown because he's got them playing fast, he's got them playing loose, and in crunch time, Peach, they're playing defense. And you know what that means? Fire up the purple beam. Mm. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. Please check out the feed. Look through it. See if you haven't listened to something and listen to it. We do all these little mini episodes, new episodes, interviews. They drop pretty much every single day. We want to keep you up, keep you up to speed on the season as it heats up. Do not forget to follow, download, subscribe. Tell all your friends, every single damn one of them. And follow us on social at, at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok. We'll see you again next time. <laughs>